Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Besides rare finds, secret shows, whether it's a musty concert or a must-have coin, curious types crave interesting experiences. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. <laughs> Hi, Stephen Howard. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful Saturday afternoon. Um, you're, we're going to talk about a very important topic that I know all business leaders listening in or business owners listening in are going to love better decisions, better thinking, better outcomes. It's the name of your book and who does not want better outcomes, especially in this very tight market where there's a lot of competition. So uh, welcome to Savvy. Thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Now, now share with me, you have a vast, you, you had just said before we hit the go button here that you had actually been around my area in uh, Texas and worked with some of the big oil companies and such. Um, and, and you really helped them get the edge on what prompted you, though, to write your book? Well, it's actually my 21st book. So it's, it's become um, become kind of a habit to keep writing. But <laughs> this, this book, interesting, it, it became because uh, I was living overseas. I was living in Australia. I moved back to the United States because my father had some health issues. And I thought I'd come back for six weeks and it became six months. And I ended up as four years as his primary caregiver. And he had early stage Alzheimer's. So I started researching what could I do as his primary caregiver. And then 
as he was passing away, I was doing research, thinking about myself, what should I be doing, you know, uh, and the more I researched, the more I realized that uh, Alzheimer's, actually in dementia begins in our 30s and 40s. It's not an old timer's disease. And I started talking to leaders about this and how it impacts decision making. And they said, I'll worry about it when I retire, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, I said to one leader one time in a conversation, I said, you realize that your decisions impact your bottom line? He goes, let's talk about that. All of a sudden, I'm very interested. (laughs) Now I got got their attention. (laughs) And and I said, I said, your brain, I said, the way your brain functions, the way, you you know, when you're stressed out, the way you make decisions, it impacts your bottom line. And they said, well, we should talk about that. And it led me to write the book. Wow, this is fascinating to me because you had just said Alzheimer's, which people think, oh, yeah, it's my mom's problem. I won't have to worry about that for another 30 years. But it's interesting. People, I'm now 50, but even in my 40s, I heard a lot of my girlfriends say, have you ever get to that fog area where you're going in the kitchen? I was here for something. I don't remember what I came here for. I came here for something. And and that's a little bit of forgetfulness. And we're just in our 30s, 40s. And we're thinking, ah, it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. Why does that happen? It, it just happens because we're stressed, we're, we're distracted, quite frankly. Um, and the brain, the brain, it it doesn't like to work hard. And if it gets a chance to <laughs> shut down, it shuts down. So, um, and, and particularly when we're in stress situations, it looks like it does what we call binary decision making. It tries to limit our choices to only two, A or B, one or two, yes or no, black or white. And particularly in the business world, but even in our personal lives, when we're making big decisions, we need more than two options in front of us. And we have to stop and tell the brain, whoa, 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 no, I want to look at some other choices here. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it just gives us one or two. And then we pick one under stress because we are responding. Uh, or sorry, we're reacting to a situation, not responding. And we react by picking one. And then later, we have to course correct. Yeah, you know, this is interesting to me because I've been in situations, I, I don't know if you've been there, where it's so tight and things get so drastic that you actually end up thinking you only have one option on the table. It gets even more drastic than just the two options. You're like, okay, this is it. I can only do this. This is the only option. Everything else is going to fall apart. And yeah. really, later on, when you come back, I mean, I had an instance many years ago where I had rented out my New York apartment and they totaled it. My landlord was pissed. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to sue you and the whole shebang. And from that state of super stressfulness, I gave up the apartment without realizing I had some legal rights to it that I could have worked to resolve. But I just thought the only option was let's just end this contract with this with this uh, landlord. Um, but now, now looking back and also knowing more about the law, I was like, no, I didn't have to do that. We could have worked on another solution, but you get to that only narrow vision tunnel vision, actually. You you do. Yeah. And and so, and, so, and and sometimes it's a quick decision. I was I was uh, before the pandemic, obviously traveling quite a bit. And I was actually on my way to your area, to the Spring, Texas area, and I was um, transiting through Denver Airport. And a client of mine called me from California, and he said, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this." And somebody I coach, and he said, "Like blah blah blah, I'm thinking of doing this." And my, what do you think? And my reaction now is, and I've to, to learn to train myself to say this: I think I need time to think about it. I was about to tell him, yeah, what you're doing makes sense. But I got on that plane, that two-hour flight from Denver down to Houston. I thought about a situation, and I came up with a better solution. And so when I got off the plane to Houston waiting for my bags, I called him back and said, hey, why don't you think about doing it this way? And that turned out to be a much better solution for him. But my my reaction, even though I've written this stuff, I talk about it all the time, my reaction was, I'm getting on an airplane. Yeah, sure, go ahead. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting about this, Stephen, is that I think sometimes, you know, sometimes they say you should make a a decisive decision, not wait for a round, be like, oh, this or that, and be 
passive, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to rush to make that initial decision. Uh, you know, think on it, reflect on it in, this, in a moment of non-stress, then make a decisive action. Absolutely. There's a lot of science that proves, you know, the old thing of sleep, sleep on it, sleep on it overnight before you do something. And, you know, the brain still works while we're sleeping. And uh, sometimes it comes up with much better solutions than when we're awake. Yeah, I remember this this uh, money expert coming on saying, you know, people had trouble with spending. She said, you know, my ex my suggestion to them is take on it, leave the store and say over the next couple of weeks, do you really, really want it? Just keep coming back to it. This is something I yeah. need, want and desire and it's going to make my life better. And as you come, you know, if you let it stew and keep stewing over the next couple of weeks, you realize, eh, I don't really need that. And then you begin to not want it as much either. I mean, maybe you do sometimes, but I think a lot of times you just buy on impulse without really, I, I really didn't want that. You get it home, you leave it in the closet, whatever it is. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now let's talk about uh, your, you also help a lot of leaders with leadership training and training programs. How does that work and how have you helped businesses really get out of their own way and expand? Partly is is by uh, showing, well, two things. One, showing leaders how to make better decisions. And as I, the phrase I said earlier, uh, one thing I teach now is don't be a first reactor, be a first responder. And I learned this when I learned I learned scuba diving when I lived in Asia and I got trained up to what's called rescue diver. One of the first things they tell you as a rescue diver is you, you see somebody in the water going, help, 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 help. You don't just jump in the water towards them. You stop, you analyze it. Is there, are there fishing nets that you get tangled in? Is there oil in the water? Are there stingrays or jellyfish? Or well, how's the tide going? You analyze the situation. Then you make sure you got all your gear on too. Because if you just jump off the water, you might forget one fin. And swimming with one fin is not real fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so you respond. And that's what we call our firemen and our ambulance people first responders. So I'm trying to teach leaders don't react to situations. Stop, ask good questions, get your brain in control, don't get emotionally hijacked, mm. and respond to people, situations, and events. So that's that's the number one way I've been able to help leaders. The second way I would say is um, just teaching them that leaders today, the old, the old leadership style of control and command, my way, the highway, just doesn't work. You can't tell people, here's what we're going to do, and you go do it now, and this is how you do it. Um, our workforce is too intelligent for that now, and they won't, they won't stand for that. They want input. And so I'm teaching leaders how to set goals, how to motivate individuals. And, and when we talk about leaders, I'm not talking just about C-suite. I'm talking about that new supervisor, that, that, that head of technology or not head, that, that really good person in IT who's now going to manage an IT team and has really great individual skills but doesn't know how to lead people. And that's a critical, that's a critical thing in today's world. We keep promoting people who are very good individual contributors into supervisor, managerial, team leadership positions. Yeah. And we throw them at the end of the pool and say they sink or swim. Mm -hmm. And research shows 60% of them fail to make an effective transition. So I'm you know, trying to help reduce that. I love that, Stephen, because I you don't know how many companies I've worked with um, who've had just that issue. They're wonderful people. They work their tails off there and they're like, I'm working hard and the working hard is not the problem. They don't know how to really work with their team and realize that, hey, these are my resources. These are people also behind the fact that they're your resources and yeah. they have contributing members. So how can we mobilize them, get them excited into the vision of the company and working together as a cohesive group? group without realizing I'm just using you here go do this yeah 
And managing yourself is totally different than managing others. I've got an IT client I'm coaching right now. And, and you know, he's really good at project management. He's, he's excellent at it. But they've now made him the assistant director of technology for his, for his organization. Mm-hmm. And he has to lead people. We had a great conversation just yesterday, quite frankly, about how to delegate and how to, how to be comfortable with delegating and how not to micromanage when you're delegating, but also how not to abandon the person when you delegate. You know, there, there's a, it's an art. And actually, I call it the art of great leadership. There's an art to leadership. And, mm-hmm. and everyone's different. If I delegated you, Christina, mm-hmm. I might be able to give you more leeway. But if I get somebody else who's you know, 24 years old, fresh out of college, I might have to be on top of them a bit more, be involved with them a bit more. So it's an art of how you apply these skills. You know, you are so correct about that. I started in the whole finance industry 27 <laughs> years ago, maybe. Oy. Okay, uh, okay. But uh, I remember when I first got started, I didn't understand a lot of the ropes and how to deal with clients and how do you pick up the phone call and make these business calls. I was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. about touching a phone. And I had a wonderful um, CEO at the time that was really like my mentor. He was like, you can do it. Here's what I want you to do. But he held my hand a lot. Now, today, yeah. 27 years later, I don't need that hand holding. But it's you, to realize who do you have um, as your employees and what do, they, what do they need in order to function effectively. Absolutely. What do they need when they need it? And, and it's an art. It really is. Wow. So, and it's not, what's great about that is not that it's, I think when I talk to a lot of people at organizations, they feel like, well, if I have to need help, then I'm not really manager material. And that's not true no. because no one's born out of the womb knowing how to do all this. You have to no. be, you have to learn it. And that, and additionally, and additionally, and, and again, this probably changed in the last 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. a leader can't know everything these days. There's just too much going on. And it's okay. And I'm, again, I'm a leader, I'm a manager, a manager of a department, not, not, mm-hmm. not talking about the CEOs or the chief financial officers, but leader of a department. If you don't know the answer, it's okay to tell your team, I don't know, let's go find out together. Yeah. Or I don't know, what do you think? What do you think? What are your ideas as to how we implement whatever it is we've been asked to implement? And take those ideas. And yeah, sometimes you might have to go to your to your mentor, to your boss and say, hey, we're thinking about doing A and B. What do you think? That's okay. But a leader, too many people are afraid of saying in front of people, I don't know. I'm not ah, sure. And that, that's amazing, Stephen. You know, one of my favorites. Captains in shows is Captain Picard of Star Trek. And uh, he always had that sit down meeting with his people. And he always says during a critical situation, each member of each department, what do you think about this situation? What is your call? What do you think? And then he makes the final call, but he takes into consideration, not just, oh, yeah, I'm going to hear you, but throw it out. He really listens to each of his team members because he respects them, knows that they have an expertise in in their area. And he takes it all together, all the information says, "Okay, boom, let's do this. It's interesting you mentioned that I, I was never a big Star Wars fan, but I've watched the other movies and and mm-hmm. or sorry, sorry, Star Trek fan. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, but Star Wars it was one I I actually wrote another book a few years ago that that young people love. I'm I'm talking about 25 to 35 year olds. They love it. it's called Eight Keys to Great Leadership, which is a boring title. The subtitle is Tips and Techniques or yeah, Tips and Techniques from Gibbs, Yoda, and Captain Jack Sparrow. 
So I take Gibbs from the, two, the Tuesday night uh, NCIS TV show that's been running for like 18 years. He's your old control and command ex-Marine sniper, but uh-huh. he gets great loyalty. Yoda is your philosophical leader. Your, you know, uh, there is no d- try. It's either do or do not type leader. And then there's your Captain Jack Sparrow who gets into trouble and gets out of trouble. But man, does he build great loyalty as well and motivates his, his pirates. Now, I'm not suggesting we want pirates in the business <laughs> world, but, but, but you do want to be able to motivate your people the way Jack Sparrow does. So there's a lot to be learned from these uh, these Hollywood uh, films and TV shows. Well, that, that's very interesting to say because each great leader, regardless, even if you're um, quote unquote doing bad things in the world, if you are really mobilizing people into your vision and, and having them go forward, you're a great leader, regardless. You, you are, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then unfortunately we've had some some net really bad ones. I mean, you know, everyone always picks Hitler, Hitler yeah. is one, but Hitler was from a leadership standpoint. From a, he mobilized. Yeah, boy, you study leadership. That that would be a person to study. I you don't necessarily yeah. want to follow his his uh, principles necessary, mm-hmm. but his leadership skills, yes, absolutely. Now let's talk more about stress and emotion because I'm okay. I'm guessing that plays a big part in how you go about leading people. And I found even working with great leaders in a number of companies, when we get to those moments of high stress, and let me tell you, this has been mm. one year of a lot of stress and emotion. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, how does that um, play a part in leadership and how can that really hamper good leadership? Well, it goes and every one of them, and, and, and you know, it happens in our personal life as well. Every one of us, every one of your listeners has said, I'm sure at one point, I was so angry, I couldn't think straight. And that is literally true. Uh, in our brain, when, when we get emotionally hijacked, when we get angry or upset or stressed, the back part of our brain, the amygdala, takes over from the prefrontal cortex, the front, which is our rational control center. And it literally is now we are in an ra- emotional state. One thing I like to tell leaders about this, I say, here, here's the situation. Teenagers, the, the brain develops in the back towards the front. And this is why teenagers make emotional decisions, because the mm. prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until around age 20 to 22 in most wow. people. And so that's exactly why teenagers make emotional decisions. So I say when you're upset, when you when you get emotionally hijacked, when you're under stress and you make those, those snap decisions, you are effectively running your business like it's 15-year-old teenager. Is that how you want to run your business? Boy, do I get their attention. Yeah. And <laughs> so this literally, it physiologically is what happens. This is why we need to stop. Mm-hmm. Get ourselves under control. And that's why I say the best way to stop is ask questions. Don't have to and see leaders always think we have to I have to make a decision. I'm mm-hmm. I'm paid to make decisions. No, you're also paid to make smart decisions, and you make smart decisions by asking good questions, mm-hmm. getting yourself under control. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier, respond, not mm-hmm. react to the situation, yeah. the people, or the events. Wow. Uh, yeah. This this reminds me, uh, Stephen, I had a boss who was just like that. He would come into, you're having issues. He's like, he would ask you a whole set of questions to get deeper into what do you think about this? You're in it. I'm not. I'm, I'm the department lead or head, whatever it is, director, but you're in here. You're in the pit. So tell me, boom, boom, boom. He asked us like maybe five, six yeah. questions to get deeper. And he said, okay, what would you do right now? What's your best? After he had asked the questions, he got us rolling and spinning our wheels about, Oh, well, I might do this. He's like, good, go, boom. Yeah. Yeah, my best boss was exactly the same. And the only thing he sometimes would do, uh, he would say, good, 
think about it for 48 hours and then come back and tell me you're still convinced that's the right way to do something. Because he he was really smart that we didn't have to act that day and some most of the time. And so he always encouraged us to think, just think it through, sleep on it, so to speak, as we said earlier. Uh, but absolutely, that's that's the right way to make decisions in, in today's yeah. world. Yeah. And th- this has been so uh, valuable, The uh, what you've left everyone with. I hope it'll get them to slow down. Yes. <laughs> respond, not mm-hmm. act, because <laughs> I, I do the same thing. And uh, responding with emotion and stress is just not going to give us the best results. Where can people find out more about you, find out more about your book, better decisions, better thinking, better outcomes? Where can they find out more about that? Well, thank all my books are on Amazon. So if you search Stephen Howard, uh, Stephen has both a V and in, and in it, as you see in, in the, the title there under my name. Um, Stephen Howard, Amazon, the books there, and everything's in paperback or in Kindle format. My website is is calienteleadership.com. For those of you who know Spanish, you know that caliente means hot, but the second definition of caliente is passionate. And I am passionate Ooh. about leadership and leadership development. Yeah. And also where I live in Southern California, the uh, the my where I live, the property is owned by the Agua Caliente Band of Indians. So it's also my tribute to our Native American landowners. Um, so um, we, you know, we're, our condominium complex is on Indian land and we pay a land lease. So so oh. calienteleadership.com, I've got my profile there. I have a lot of resources on there every month. I recommend articles on leadership. I have a page on leadership books I recommend, uh, brain health books I recommend. So there's a lot of good resources on there. So please go oh, there. That was, this has been fabulous and so informative. Thank you so much, Stephen Howard, for coming here to Savvy Broadcasting today. Thank you. Well, thank you for spending a Saturday afternoon with me. I've enjoyed it. Thank Me you very too. much. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because our Sleep Number 360 smart bed is really smart. It senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable. Plus, it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. It's even smart enough to know exactly how long, how well, and when you slept. And to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night. Sleep Number takes care of the science. All you have to do is sleep. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen now only $19.99. Plus free premium home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because our Sleep Number 360 smart bed is really smart. It senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable. Plus, it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. It's even smart enough to know exactly how long, how well, and when you slept. And to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night. Sleep Number takes care of the science. All you have to do is sleep. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen now only $19.99. Plus free premium home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.